The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Back to school, back to school. Eagles training camp 2021 is back. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me as always is Brand, uh, bleh, bleh, Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. Let's just keep that in. Uh, this is yep. BGN Radio episode number 194. Brandon, first day of camp today. Did you enjoy yourself? To me, it's the first day of camp for you and me too. So we're making mistakes, maybe two, uh, just like some of the players out there. That's right. But of course, I had a great time. Jimmy, it's Eagles training camp. It's This is what we live for. This is what we, this is what it's all about. You know, it's training camp. It's the start of the season. Everyone's excited. The games haven't started yet. So you don't have to be, you know, angry about the team losing. Like it's just, it's all about excitement right now. So it's a great time of year. The perfect time of year. Some can say where optimism is sky high. And obviously, we're here to break it down with you daily with our daily BGN Radio podcast, which we are thankful to be supported by Right to Sell and Craft Jerky. Uh, we can go to their website at rightsellin.com and use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Also, the same discount code applies at wildnaturepet.com for 15% off dog treats. Jimmy, we have so much to talk about, but before we get into everything, I want to quickly read some of a review from one of our loyal listeners who we thank took the time to leave a five-star rating and review. And again, I remind you, if you ask a question in those reviews, we legally have to answer it, no matter what it is. Uh, it, this is from Quigs50, and he they want me to give a shout-out to their son, Lincoln, who just turned 13 months and also enjoys listening to BGN Radio. So shout-out to 13 months Lincoln. or 13 years? 13 months old. Oh, okay. So we're getting him in. We're we're we're, we're setting him up for disappointment early. That, that's the way to do it. <laughs> that's right. um, Jimmy, <laughs> where do we even start today after such a like eventful day of training camp? But thank you for the review, guys, and uh, Lincoln. Thank you for listening, my little friend. Uh, I think we should probably start with like Andy Reid used to always <clears throat> injuries. Uh, should we just roll through those real quick because? Uh, Last year, they were more notable. So, for example, you know, mm-hmm. we learned on day one last year that Derek Barnett was week to week and 
Javon Hargrave was going to be out for multiple weeks, which basically mean that meant that like you know he lost a leg or something. Uh, so those guys like and that those came as a surprise. So it's all like day one of camp. There's always uh, usually like a surprise or two, but this year there's only one real like significant um, surprise injury, and that is Isaac Sayamalo has a hamstring injury. He's week to week, and then the rest of them really aren't a big deal. Nate, is it meters or matters? Is it matters? I'm gonna say matters. I think it's matters too. Let's go with matters. Cornerback uh, Nate matters also hamstring also week to week. Quez Watkins, st- quote unquote, still completing physical from the team day to day. I have no idea what that means. I've never seen that before. I don't know what that means. Wide receiver Greg Ward, non-COVID illness day to day. Uh, Shaquille Taylor, uh, cornerback lower body day to day, and Jalen Rager, lower body tightness. He was practicing a little bit today. Limited participant. Really didn't practice much at all. Uh, so those are your uh, early surprise injuries in camp. Again, the only one of real significance, uh, in my opinion, is Isaac Sayamalo. Well, they were asked if he would probably be ready for the start of the season. Uh, they seem to think that he probably would, if I recall. Uh, but he's week to week starting left guard. If they have to survive with Nate Herbig, what have you, whoever, uh, I think they can do that for a couple weeks until Isaac comes back. So you said a bunch of names there that people might not even know, Jimmy. I want to get <laughs> to the right. significant stuff. For me, um, it is a little surprising to me that, and you didn't mention this, that um, Ryan McLeod is starting out on reserve slash PUP. I thought right. he I might just we, be full I go. we just do injuries first, and then we do PUP slash NFI, and then the reserve COVID guys. Gotcha. Yeah, I wasn't even going to mention the COVID guys um, yet, okay. but uh, I just because I think it, it seemed. I mean, Rodney seems optimistic, and I think that is still reasonable because I did mm-hmm. see him running around a little bit on a side field. It wasn't like he was like doing nothing. Kind of more like relieving the uh, Raven Clark was kind of just like watching practice entirely. Like I didn't really right. even see him do anything at all. Um, Landon Dickerson also on NFI. Also, that was a little bit surprising because we kind of saw him like warm up with the team in spring, and I thought mm-hmm. he might be ahead of schedule, but it seems like not quite yet. We'll see how those go. The Rager one is not like a death nail by any means, Jimmy. He could easily be back pretty soon. But, you know, for a guy who's like, you know, entering a pretty big training camp and needs to take a big step forward, it's just like the way I'd put it is it's not the ideal start. Like It's not what you want to see. It kind of reminds me. And it's not the same situation, but like, I remember a lot of people were excited about Sidney Jones this time last summer and he began training camp like hurt, or at least right. he got hurt early into training camp. And it's like, well, like that's kind of a bummer right out of the gate. So <laughs> yeah. uh, to see Rager not practicing fully is a little disappointing to me. It might not matter much in the end, but it's just at least a little disappointing. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what the specifics of, of his injury are. It just said, uh, tightness, lower body that, tightness. You'd think that like, you know, you have your body ready for training camp, but maybe it's something that just happened uh, in the last day or two. But anyway, uh, those are the injuries. As you mentioned, the PUP guys, uh, LaRaven Clark tore his Achilles in December last year, Rodney McLeod tore his ACL in December, and Landon Dickerson also ACL December. So we'll see if they're ready for the start of the regular season. The reserve COVID guys are uh, Alex Singleton, Andrew Adams, and uh, defensive end Matt Leo. Now there's significant vaccine uh, news today too, which I guess is somewhat related to injuries. I guess uh, Howie Roseman said after the practice that over ninety percent of the team uh, has at least started the process of being yeah. vaccinated, which I guess means uh, they've all had 
uh, have at least had one shot is the way that I took that or at mm. least have their shots. And there's a certain time period. I forget exactly how long it is after you get your second shot in which uh, you're not fully vaccinated yet. But he said that 90% of the team has at least started the process. So uh, a few players talked after practice. Um, uh, the three that were asked about it uh, all confirmed that they are vaccinated and they were Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon Graham, and most importantly, Jalen Hurts. And of course, meanwhile, in, <laughs> <laughs> in Indianapolis, uh, Carson Wentz was asked uh, whether he is vaccinated. And according to Jim Aiello, I don't know what outlet Jim Aiello is with. I'm clicking on it. Indy Star. Okay. So he's with the Indy Star. Uh, he said that Wentz, he tweeted that Wentz said, quote unquote, it's a personal decision. And uh, his tweet uh, is accompanied by a picture of Mr. Carson Wentz with a mask on. And my understanding that is that if you are not vaccinated and you are having one of these interview sessions, you have to be masked up. Now, you can be vaccinated and you can have a mask on, of course. Why mm-hmm. not? Like if you want to just sure. be extra cautious, sure. Uh, but uh, all indications are that uh, Carson Wentz is not vaccinated. And um, sorry, I'm kind of rambling on here for a while here, but I had noted, I had wondered sort of um, publicly, uh, publicly whether that would have, like, if he's unvaccinated and he is, you know, like he gets COVID and he's forced to miss games as a result of that, um, how did like, does the formula change in terms of the percentage of snaps that he is required to play for the Eagles second round pick from Indianapolis to become a first round pick? So I've asked the Eagles about it. I haven't gotten any kind of answer back on that. I don't know if they even know if yeah. that would change because there were a lot of um, sort of uh, 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 memos put out by the NFL uh, in regard to unvaccinated players, such as like if you lost a like in terms of like teams having to forfeit games, <laughs> like they like players won't get paid for those games. And then like if uh, the you know the the team losing as a result of forfeit, like it doesn't count toward their draft position. So they don't get credit for the loss in terms of the draft positioning. So they, there are all sorts of memos like that. So I wonder if, you know, memos are coming down the line in terms of this type of situation with Carson Wentz. If in fact he is unvaccinated. Yeah. I mean, that's something to monitor. Like it's totally relevant to the Eagles. It's not just like, Oh, you know, he's a former Eagles quarterback and we're yeah, just keeping right. track or of let this. It go. He's not here anymore. No, like, no it, it matters impacts the team and also relevant here along these lines if i'm not mistaken i saw the colts are like the second lowest vaccinated team as a whole (laughs) like i think it's the washington football team which again also relevant because in the eagles division at 60 percent and ron rivera had some thoughts on that given how he just had cancer last year and pretty much said he's disappointed in the team um but on a different (laughs) note that's a different note uh but yeah the Colts are I think just there I think it was 62 is the number I saw where Washington was 60 so uh that's something to keep an eye on and file away yeah and there are like I don't want to say there's infighting with the Colts but there have certainly been I mean we've seen it go back and forth with the Bills uh publicly like I think it was Jerry Hughes had some comments that about you know just get vaccinated you know and Cole Beasley took exception to whatever he had said. Um, and my, like, I think they were sort of reporting or like you, you've seen opinions from Colts players come out uh, about getting vaccinated. And of course, when they have 
um, the you know one of the two lowest rates in the NFL. You're going to have some obviously some disagreements in the locker room on, on whether you should get vaccinated or not. And I know this isn't football, and I know this isn't like what a lot of you want to hear, but this is kind of something that needs to be. It covered is football, because, again. It it does it does well. I mean, it's not like football in terms of like oh the yeah, Eagles are uh, like they showed a three or four today or like Devontae Smith made a great catch. So I understand that like. This is sort of like a, a topic that maybe not everyone is interested in, but uh, it, it is relevant. And um, it, it does like how, you know, the, the Colts and, and their vaccination rates and their quarterback be, potentially being unvaccinated. Like it does sort of matter huge. to the Eagles and their, and their future first or second round pick next year. So uh, uh, anyway, we just, had to, just kind of had to get through that. But um, uh, yeah, the, the Eagles, it seems we were we never really had an answer on uh you know what percentage they were at and uh we got an answer today they're up over 90 which i feel is uh is probably a good thing well just on the Colts thing to put a bow on that like it's a big deal because that pick could either be like let's say in the 20s or the 50s sure that's <laughs> like a, it's a big range and you're talking about a pick that very feasibly especially given all the rumors that have been out there recently could be traded to acquire a star quarterback like your next franchise like this what Carson Wentz being vaccinated could determine the Eagles next starting quarterback sure like, along some line so it's you know it's a big deal um so that's why we mentioned it here um why don't we just transition into Jalen Hurts here okay. a little bit Jimmy because you brought him up already you asked him the question if he is vaccinated and hey look uh he, he wasn't worried about HIPAA he could answer the question. He just said, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I took the vaccine. It was that simple. Uh, the what cops were, were waiting for me outside, by the way, for violating yeah, his, yeah, yeah. his HIPAA rights. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I kind of wanted to just get into what we saw from him in practice because I think that's what a lot of people would care about, the starting quarterback. First mm -hmm. day, how did he do? And I don't think he did great, Jimmy. Now, I want to preface here that I add a disclaimer that this is one practice and this obviously sure. applies to all the observations from today, but especially stressing it with the quarterback. And I'm not saying it means everything, but it wasn't the best day to me. And I think we saw some issues with inaccuracy. I saw one of the biggest things that I'm going to keep watching moving forward. Jimmy is just like really want to see him kind of get the ball out a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. I, I know he's never going to be like, let's just say, you know, like among the league leaders who are getting like Aaron Rodgers or Ben Roethlisberger, he was just like getting the ball out super, super quick. Um, but last year, he was dead last in the NFL in time to throw at 3.39 right. seconds. And Lamar Jackson, who was second, and a lot of those quarterbacks, by the way, at like the the high end in terms of holding on to the ball the are mobile quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But like Lamar Jackson was second, and he was like 3.17. So I that's a that's a significant that's a difference. Big, yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like like Jalen Hurts can get the ball out a little bit faster, at least is my point. And that we didn't really see that a ton. Kind of, I'm kind of keep you know an eye on that. Um, he did have some good moments. I'm not going to say it was all bad, but and he was uh, and he was a rookie. Sorry to interject, but he's a rookie yeah. and he only played four games, so he didn't like have a lot of time to sort of get acclimated sure. and, and get the ball out quicker during the season. Yeah, I just I think we need to see more, which is mm -hmm. you know par for the course. But uh, what did you make of him today? So I didn't think he had a strong day either. <laughs> the one thing I will actually, I'll, I'll harken back for, for a minute, if I may, wow. to uh, our last episode, where one of the things like I wanted to see throughout training camp was him not tucking and running immediately. And he didn't do that. Till, like, he didn't run with the mm. football. So, um, you know, I, I think that, and I, and, and I even said, like, this is the time where it doesn't matter if you make mistakes. Like if, yeah. if, if you like, this is where, this is the time to grow as a pocket passer. You're always going to have the, 
you know, ability to run sort of in your back pocket when you need it in games that matter. But this is the time where you sort of fix the deficiencies in your game that maybe aren't as strong. And he, I think he kind of like did that a little bit uh, in the first practice in that we didn't see him tuck and run at, at, at like, you know, the first time, like if his first read wasn't there or second read wasn't there. I think he did try to go through his progressions and scan the field. But like, like you, like I, I, I you know, I don't think he played that well. Like he missed, he missed throws. He threw into traffic quite a bit. Um, the offense in general just looked kind of sloppy, which is yeah. normal for the beginning of camp. Like normally, the defense is going to win uh, the day, uh, if you will. If you're, you know, again hearkening back to the Chip Kelly days, win the day. The defense usually wins the day early in camp. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think that. Uh, it was, and again, it was also a short practice too. Like they only went, it, it started at 10 and they only went to 11.15. So like it was only like an hour and 15 minutes. It was spirited. Like there was a very like sort of uh, uh, eventful and uh, and fast kind of day, which was, uh, which is good to see out of Nick Sirianni, but it was a short practice. So we didn't get like a full on like long practice, but I do agree that, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't, you know, his, his throws weren't exactly on the money. Uh, a lot of defenders did get hands on footballs today. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you that, that uh, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't a day that you'd walk away from and go. He was he was really good today. Got picked off by Kayvon Wallace at one point or no, sorry. Almost Patty picked by Kayvon. Dropped, yes. Got picked by Josiah Scott. Yep. But did have a nice touchdown pass, I thought, on a rollout uh, right to Devontae Smith in the back of the end zone. So there was that one. And there was actually another one where Devontae Smith, and I can't believe this, Jimmy, he dropped a pass. He bobbled it. I, he did he drop it. that? I, yeah, it looked like a bobble and a drop to me. I mean, it was a, okay. it was going to be a tough catch, no doubt. But, like, I mean, it's Devontae Smith. He, it was that's right a catch in he front has of to me. make. <laughs> that was right in front of me. Yeah. Uh, I had a better reason, angle on it. I ha- well, I I was in uh, I was in retreat mode because they're coming right at me. So like wow. I was I was Coward. in like <laughs> I was in backup mode. Uh, but yeah, I couldn't tell if he dropped that one or not because um, yeah, it looked I'd, like it like, dropped to me. I looked behind me to make sure that nobody was behind me before I stepped back. Uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was tight coverage. Um, sure. And actually, the the battle between. You mentioned Devontae Smith. The battle between him and Darius Slay, I thought, was yeah. a good one all day. I think, for the most part, Darius Slay won those battles. Sure. He had a nice uh, pass breakup in the back corner of the end zone. That play was dead. Like, yeah, Hertz was kind of running around for his life uh, when we when he made that throw. And then on the play that you mentioned, like where was the drop? The Slay also knocked that ball away too. Like, I know I saw that part of it, but I wasn't sure like what happened on the front end of that catch. Whether it looked like maybe it did it bounce off of his shoulder. Is that what you saw? I just saw a bobble. Okay, and then Slay, the Bob, like the, the the double catch allowed uh, Slay to sort of knock the ball away. But he did get open on Slay a few times, and the ball just went somewhere sure. else. I don't know if you were watching those matchups specifically, like when they lined up against each other. Uh, but I was <laughs> like that was that was the yeah. most uh, interesting thing on the field for me, uh, you know, during this first day. Um, what what else you got on Jalen Hurts? Well, I wanted to get your thoughts on what the Eagles said about him. Uh, I guess after I'll, I'll give some of mine. And it's nothing like groundbreaking or super new. The Eagles have been pretty kind of like non-committal to him in terms mm-hmm. of like they've never really come out and just said like Jalen Harris is our starting quarterback, no questions asked. Like he's the guy. And I think we've talked about this before and like it's fine. I think ideally you kind of like want to push him and make him feel like he's earning it and it's not just being handed to him. But I guess like the thing that stuck out to me the most about what Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni had to say about him specifically was three words that they both used. And that was, quote, take the reins, end quote. Yes. And to me, that's like, 
again, maybe this is already obvious, but to me, it kind of just really crystallized like Jalen Hurts is not our starting or he's not our franchise quarterback, but we would like him to be, but he's not right now. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. And uh, yeah, the take the reins, uh, that was an interesting way to put it. Um, you know, they don't want to just hand him the job, it seems. And uh, I think that's fine. I think that's fair. I think you want to see players compete, um, even though it's pretty freaking clear that like if he if anyone other than Jalen anyone other than Jalen Hurts is the starter this year, barring a trade for a Deshaun Watson or someone else like that, it is an absolute total disaster if like they're putting Joe Flacco or Nick Mullins out as the starter and Jalen Hurts is healthy on the sidelines. Like that is an outright disaster and it's it's going to be like the least fun football season to watch ever for this team if like something like that happens so yeah i mean the the idea that he won't be the week one starter is sort of unimaginable to me uh but it is interesting that you know they are continuing on with this charade in my opinion that maybe and maybe charade is the wrong word to use because maybe they i mean harry rosen was also asked if uh they were sort of investigating um you know other options around the league at the quarterback position and he acknowledged that they are and he obviously he can't name players by name because you're not allowed to do that because it's tampering um but he did acknowledge that they are um but he framed it in a way in that like you know that's just what front offices are always doing and that's true and it's not true like if they were if he was asked that question uh, you know, last this time last year, like, are you looking for other starting quarterback options around the league? The answer would not be we're always doing that. It'd be, you know, Carson Wentz is our starter. You know, so like uh, it was interesting that they that, you know, they did sort of acknowledge that even if they sort of did um, tack on the the, uh, you know, the add on that uh, it's just something that front offices do this time of year. So uh, a lot of interesting quotes from that. And then I like Jalen Hurts's response uh, to, you know, he was asked, uh, he was said like, you know, that they, that, you know, uh, was it Howie or, or Sirianni that said, take the reins? Both of them use that for turn, oh, okay. turn of phrase. Yeah. So he was asked about what, uh, he thought about that. What was his, what was, what was his response? What was the quote that he's got, a, he's got it. like a, he's got a bunch of like, he does a bunch, a bunch of quotes, like so he's above it head. all, right. Didn't he say he was above it all? <laughs> That's it. Above it all. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's above it all. And, uh, and I like that. I like that answer. Like he's about like he's basically above it all, meaning that he can only control what he can control. And he's not going to worry about sort of that outside because there's nothing he can do about it. So just worry about what you control. And um, that that was sort of a mature uh, answer, in my opinion. So I, I like the way that he handles himself uh, off the field, and and it doesn't seem fake at all. Like when to to watch him give these answers, he does seem very genuine, and and I think just everything in his makeup and his profile. And everything that you know that we sort of learned about him after they drafted him out of Alabama slash Oklahoma sort of points to the idea that he is a competitor and he doesn't worry about what else is going on. He just goes out and competes. And I think you know maybe that's maybe a little bit of a, of a cliche or corny or whatever it is, but I think it's true about him, and uh, I think it's one of his best attributes. Uh, another thing, Jalen Hurts said is that nobody pushes Jalen Hurts harder than or Jalen said this quote like exactly he was like nobody is going to push Jalen harder than Jalen so he referred to himself <laughs> in the third person which Ricky is interesting <laughs> and a lot of people like that um so that's good yeah I mean we talk about that all the time you know Jalen Hurts obviously has it above the shoulders it's kind of just about you know the ability so we'll see on that all 
Um, obviously, use the center retention today for state training camp. Naturally, um, why don't we take a break here, Jimmy? Yep. Let me tell we'll you. Come back and we'll righteous. do. Uh, we'll do uh, depth charts when we get back. Come back and do depth charts after I tell you really quickly about Rights of Sun Craft Jerky, which you can get by going to RightsofSun.com and using discount code BGN15% off the best dang meat snacks you'll ever have in your entire life. So go do it. And also discount code BGN15 at WildNaturePet.com for the best dog treats that your dog will ever have in their life. So do it or else you're a coward. Jimmy. <laughs> back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back here on VGN Radio. Jimmy, it's time to get into our depth chart observations, which to me was really one of the biggest things. Yeah, day day one thing to do. Yes. Day one. Especially with no real like OTAs this year, really getting right. a limited glimpse of like even more than ever. It's there's a lot. Well, they kicked us out after uh, you know the individual period, so we didn't yes. really get to see any seven on seven on sevens or eleven on elevens or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you want me to run through them, or do you want to do it? Why don't we start with the offense? We'll move over to defense, and then there's one special teams thing I want to talk about. All right, so uh, offense first. Quarterback hurts, of course. Yep. Hey, Butters, what's going on, buddy? How did you? Butters get in here? is. Did you see him reach up and grab my shoulder? I didn't see. Uh, Butters is Jimmy's cat again, for people who don't know. (laughs) Did you you hear him just then? (laughs) I didn't hear him, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Hertz is the quarterback, duh. Sanders, uh, running back, duh. Uh, Receivers were Devontae Smith, Travis Fulgham, and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was in the slot. Uh, Mm. Nothing too out of the ordinary there, as Brandon and I discussed during practice, because um, as we noted earlier, Jalen Rager was a limited participant. Um, Quez Watkins was out and Greg, Greg Ward, Ward did not. <clears throat> so, uh, he got slot reps, uh, as he did in OTAs as well. So, um, development there in that, I think they're going to try to find a, a niche role for him, uh, in which he can maybe go up against smaller slot corners and use his size. So we'll see if that works out for him. Uh, tight end Dallas Goddard, of course, left tackle Andre Dillard mm. was the first uh, left tackle candidate to get reps there today. Um, Mylotta also, Jordan Mylotta also mixed in, but it felt to me uh, like Dillard got uh, more reps with the first Agree. team at, at left tackle. Nate Herbig was the fill-in for Isaac Samalo at uh, left guard. And then, of course, center, right guard, right tackle were Kelsey Brooks and Lean Johnson. So uh, the wide receiver thing was interesting just because, you know, again, we did see J.J. in the slot there. That seems to be a pretty good sign for, I think, his roster chances. Yes. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean everything, but it's like seems like a pretty positive sign, you know, because it could be, in theory, like 
know, John Hightower, not, I mean, you know, or they could have John Hightower in theory like instead, um, but they don't, they didn't. Um, so that was noteworthy to me. Uh, obviously, Dillard being up first and then getting most of those reps, pretty noteworthy. Hey, Jimmy, what do Andre Dillard and J.J. Ortega Whiteside have in common? <laughs> uh, well, Andre Dillard, I believe, was a first-round pick hmm. uh, a couple years ago. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, J.J. Ortega Whiteside was also a high pick, not a first-rounder, hmm. but a second-round pick uh, of the Interesting. of the gen- of the current general manager. And then also, as we're going to get to, and we'll just we'll just do a quick spoiler here too, as long as we're <laughs> on the topic. Davion Taylor was getting first uh, first team reps today alongside Eric Wilson, and of course Davion Taylor also a reasonably high pick in the third round uh, just a just a year ago. So um, he he was playing in favor of, in my opinion. Uh, a couple linebackers who are better than him, frankly, in TJ Edwards. And I thought Sean Bradley uh, showed more last year than, than Taylor did. So anyway, I don't have a problem with it necessarily. Um, I think, you know, those guys do have some raw talent that just they haven't, you know, it just hasn't materialized yet. So I'm fine with them getting reps early in camp. But it is kind of noteworthy that, you know, these high picks are playing in favor of uh, other guys who have outperformed them. Especially with a coach who seemingly would not have as much power <laughs> right. to play the players he might necessarily want to play. Does not or, have control of the 53 and isn't yeah. sure if he even has control of the game day 47. Admittedly so. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, not the end of the world or anything, but just a little interesting thing to note there. Um, the, the offense was limited. Again, you kind of hit on everything, Herbig. You know, we'll see if like if Dickerson was healthy. It's kind of, I think, a question mark if it would be Dickerson or Herbig there at left guard. I mean, early on it might be Herbig, but eventually, you know, Samalo can't play. Maybe it's Dickerson instead. We'll see. Um, Dillard, a good first start for him in terms of, like, getting the reps. Mm-hmm, sure. But we'll see, if, we'll see if that lasts. You know, it's one day. We'll monitor that. I think the more noteworthy things, though, we're kind of on the defense, starting with the, you know, moving our way from, you already kind of mentioned the Taylor part, going to the defensive line, because we actually saw Josh Sweat, Jimmy, with the first team yep. uh, defense at defensive end. Although, kind of like you said with Dillard, like, Derek Barnett did rotate in there, too. I thought I that like was I more of... even than it was okay. with Dillard and Mylotta. Like, I think Dillard got more reps than Mylotta, and maybe Josh Sweat got more than Barnett. But if they did, I don't think it was by very much. Like I think their their reps were were pretty evenly split. Whereas Dillard got the lion's share, I'll say, uh, with the reps at uh, left tackle. Well, the eagle share, I would say, because you know okay. they're Fair not in enough. Detroit. But um, uh, I I really that's kind of interesting though, because I feel like a lot of people haven't been thinking about defensive end battle. It's been talk about right. you know left tackle battle, wide receiver battle, cornerback before you know the recent signing. So. That's something to watch for sure. Uh, and I think the reason for that, by the way, is because they're both going to play. They're both going to get plenty of playing time. Sure. So it's, not like, it's not like at left tackle where it's Dillard or Mylotta, and the guy who doesn't yeah. win that battle is going to be on the bench. Um, so we really haven't thought of Sweat and Barnett as sort of a – We, you and I have discussed, though, however, that um, you know they are kind of – I don't know if competition is the way to put it, but they're both in contract years. So the Eagles sort of have to decide – you know. Which one or both or what combination of, of uh, those two guys they try to bring back and, and sign long term? Because they're going to have to get at least one of them, I would think, with mm-hmm. Brandon Graham being 33 years old right now, Kerrigan being, what, 34, whatever, whatever he is. And on a uh, one-year deal, yeah. Yeah, right. So, I mean, they, they, they have to at least keep one of those guys. Um, 
beyond 2021 or they're going to be just, you know, razor thin at, at defensive end. Yeah, so that was interesting to see. Linebacker you already noticed uh, or noted Davion Taylor. I wanted to throw in a another depth chart note down the depth chart, Jimmy, and note that uh, Jannard Avery, my favorite player on the Eagles roster, was with the third team off-ball linebackers. So not even really playing like as an edge rusher. Like I saw him in coverage. So yeah, it was TJ to... and uh, Sean Bradley were with the were the second team linebackers. Hmm. That's the thing. Like I was surprised that Davion is over both Bradley and TJ right. Edwards. Like that's right. that was a little interesting because he wasn't last year. Like he was behind. He's clearly behind the depth chart behind those guys. So interesting to see. We'll see if that continues again or you know. They switched that out. And quarterback, uh, we didn't talk about the Steven Nelson signing. Some people were calling for an emergency uh, Steven Nelson podcast, Jimmy, <laughs> uh, which I get. And I look, I oh, like, yeah, if, you guys are, if you guys are listeners, and you want to hear us that badly. I, I thank you. I respect from the bottom it. of my heart. Yeah. Yes. But uh, but a guy that signs for two point five million isn't getting an emergency pod. <laughs> in, in fairness too, also like a day or two after we had done like a like a. Out, like almost a hundred minute podcast, like an hour and 40 minutes <laughs> right, like right. on training camp. So it's funny that we actually talked about Steven Nelson in that podcast. I came up a couple of times because I, I had said like, can we just like calm down about Steven Nelson a little <laughs> yeah. bit? Like he's like this must have player, but like now that he's here, I mean, I will say like, I think it is a good signing. Sure. Obviously. I mean, how could you not? It's cheap. It's, it's, yeah. It's sensible. Um, I want to get into why, like he was on the market because I think some people are like, oh, how can he possibly be good if he was still out there on the market? Well, I think his situation was a little unique compared to most free agents in that he was cut by a team that didn't cut him just because like they think he's stuck. Like the Steelers didn't cut him because they thought he was terrible. Right. That wasn't the case. Like it was a cap situation there where they needed to clear some cap space. And also, like, I think he wanted more money or whatever. So it was like a, it was a situation there that, you know, wasn't like typical. And they moved on from him. And Steven Nelson, I think, was uh, in a mind space where he was going to get like this big deal from another team. So it's my belief that he kind of he, he I have to I really believe that he turned down bigger deals than the one he got from the Eagles. But like the problem is like he turned those down with the thought that he was going to get more at some point from some team. But those never came, and then he sat on the market, and obviously his leverage could just kept going down and down, and eventually he had to take what he could, and that was with the Eagles. Do you agree I with that? I feel like the Steelers run into a lot of that, actually, where like they want to pay a player less, and the player thinks they're worth more than what they're currently. Like you look at like Le'Veon Bell, for example, or like yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster. Like they, I mean, they're all not the same situation, but. Um, they run into a little bit of, uh, you know, sort of contract squabbles with those guys. And, uh, Steven Nelson is the latest, just the latest example of that. But yeah, I, I think he's a solid player. He's not like a playmaker in any way. He's been in the league six years. What does he have? Seven career interceptions, I think. And one career force fumble. So hmm. he's not a guy that's going to like, it's you not know, trans he's not going to transform your defense or anything, but He's certainly a lot better than anything they have <laughs> at cornerback. So uh, I think he gives you a competent starter uh, opposite Darius Slay, which is a lot better than what they already had. Yeah, uh, I think he's almost in the Anthony Harris mold in that sure. like, this is a player who had done really well in the past, but 2020 wasn't his best year. And maybe there's a chance he can bounce back. And I obviously, from an age standpoint, he's a couple years younger than Harris. So there's mm -hmm. a path where... Uh, Steven Nelson plays well this year and the Eagles sign him maybe to like a two or three year deal and he can be like a multi or a four year deal, whatever. And he can kind of be 
a piece for you beyond this year. So I kind of like it from that standpoint too. It's it's something that makes sense in the short term, obviously, because you had a huge hole there, and it's something that could make sense in the long term. And it's a it's a worthwhile one year deal. It's a good move by Howie. They they played it right. They were patient. They waited it out, and they got a you know a decent player at a really reasonable cost. But on that point, Jimmy, though, because a lot of people brought this up after that, and I wanted to get your quick take on this. I've heard it before, I think. Uh, and I tweeted about this, and a lot of people got mad. I was because like, <laughs> Stephen Nelson, how he signs him, and everyone's like, "Oh, actually, Howie Roseman's having a great offseason." I saw a, mo- a lot of people say that. I'm not even singling anyone out here. I saw multiple people say that, and I just think it's ridiculous. Well, so I think the you, you look at like each player that they've signed, and um, in a vacuum, I think they all make sense. Like Ryan Kerrigan is going to help your pass rush, and he didn't make a lot of money. Uh, it's fine. Eric Wilson, again, didn't make a lot of money. What, what was he like? 3 million, something three to five, somewhere, somewhere in that range. Uh, Anthony Harris, again, uh, 5 million, I think for him one year, he's going to substantially upgrade, uh, you know, one of your safety spots. So like in a vacuum, you have all these guys that you brought in on one, one year contracts. None of them really help you long-term and it does sort of continue the pattern of them signing like all these older players, uh, during free agency and not finding, you know, young long term. Now, you know, this offseason, you're not going to find good long, you know, good young long term talent with the caps, with the cap situation that they were in. It just, it just wasn't going to happen. So, like this year, I forgive that to some degree. Like they had to fill mm. out their roster. They had to. And these older players are just cheaper than these younger. So, I get it in the context of this specific off season, but they've done it every year since 2017 worked like wonders in 2017 when they won the Super Bowl with Chris Long was a major contributor like Arab Blonde. Uh, they, well, I guess J.H.I. still had another year on this. But who, who am I missing from one year? Uh, Chris Long, Patrick Robinson, Patrick Robinson, Corey Graham. Corey Graham is another good one. Yes. So they signed all these guys and all those guys contributed to that Super Bowl team. They did it again in 2018 go down the long list of like the guys I won't, I won't go through them all, but there's a long list of guys that did nothing. 2019, again, a bunch of old guys did nothing last year, less of a list, like shorter list than, than of old guys that they signed. But those like Nicole, Nicole, Coleman, for example, is one of them. Those guys did nothing and they did it again this year. So like, again, like I, I understand where it makes sense specifically this year with the way their roster is constructed and their cap space. And they just had to sort of fill out their roster. But I wonder like, are we gonna? Are they gonna do it again in 2022? Because we haven't seen them take a break from that strategy when it worked once, like they caught lightning in a bottle once, and then it failed like four straight years thereafter, three straight years thereafter. So like, I don't know. I don't know that um, he's having a great off season. I think it's been fine. And yeah, like you look at like, obviously they they have more dead money than any other team in the NFL, yes. and <laughs> that's a big factor. Like, of course. You know, the reason they have that are for past mistakes. Like they're paying the price on mistakes on, you know, Alshon Jeffrey and Carson Wentz and Malik Jackson and Deshaun Jackson. So they're paying for those mistakes. So those aren't necessarily mistakes that they made this offseason, but they still lead the league in dead cap. And they they have a big chunk of dead cap already in 2022. So, like, I don't think, um, you know, you know, throwing gold stars Howie's way or like yeah. – is warranted. Like, I think you just go, yeah, it's fine. We'll see how these guys play this year and we'll take it from there. But um, yeah, I don't know that I would go as far as to say he's having a great off season. Yeah. And you covered it well there. And I know people maybe 
aren't enjoying this rant. But uh, I would say a B minus. But that's like there's there's room between great and like he's totally doing you know like a terrible job. I would say B minus. Um, yeah, twenty nine percent of the team's cap space is being spent on players no longer playing for the team this year. Now I did include Zach Ertz, I believe, in there, so we'll see on that. But oh, I forgot to mention um, Joe Flacco too. Like like that that is actually one bad <laughs> signing that he made. But uh, the other yeah, the course. other old guy signings, in my opinion, were fine. Sure. Um. Yeah. I, I again, I don't. I'm not saying you should be. You know, totally ripped here, but I just like like hold off, like you said on the gold star thing. Like this is amazing. <laughs> like look at what other teams around the NFL doing or like have done. Look at the Chargers off season. Like that's a great off season. Or other teams, whatever. It doesn't have to be the Chargers. Anyway, this the, the use of great is very liberal. And by the way, last thing I'll say, you're like because of the confines of the cap space. Well, like again, this GM created that problem. You can't just be like, right. I, right. I, it's just weird to me how like people are like kind of forgiving that in the evaluation. Like you can't just do that. Like I know these were, this is dead money from past mistakes, but like it still counts. Like, yeah. This is when you have to pay for that mistake. That's fair. Anyway. All right. We're getting too off topic. Um, <laughs> elsewhere on the depth chart. Cause we didn't even, I don't even think we wrapped that up completely. Yeah. So we have Steven Nelson, and Darius Slay we'll on the outside. Real, real, real quick, we have. I'll just go through the whole thing because I don't think we even did the defensive line. Graham Cox, Hargrave, of course. We mentioned Josh Josh Sweat getting in the initial snaps. Derek Barnett rotating in. Eric Wilson, Davion Taylor are starting linebackers. Secondary, you have Darius Slay. They didn't waste any time getting Steven Nelson in. He's the other starter on the outside. Mm-hmm. Avante Maddox in the slot. No surprise there. And then, of course, it's safety. Anthony Harris was a starter. As we mentioned, Rodney McLeod is on pup. The other safety... It was going to be between Kayvon Wallace, uh, Andrew Adams. Andrew Adams, as we mentioned earlier, is on the COVID list. And who would be the third obvious guy? That Epsi, baby. Um, Epsi, yeah, Marcus Epps. Uh, they have Kayvon Wallace as the starter uh, opposite Anthony Harrison. He was actually getting deep safety, um, hmm. like free safety uh, reps um, when they were going out. Like when, when they weren't in red zone, they were you know just sort of middle of the field. And then uh, they also gave him... Uh, he was getting reps with the third team um, as the strong safety. So he was getting extra reps today. Um, again, that sort of goes a little bit with, I think it makes more sense for, for him to be in there than, you know, somebody like, like Davion Taylor, but it does kind of go with the theme of like, mm-hmm. he was a, I mean, he was a fourth round pick, but relatively high pick, I guess. Uh, and I think they're just trying to get him on the field and, and get him as many reps as they can early on. It would be interesting to see if Adams might be ahead of him because that's not impossible. Like, mm-hmm. It's like it, it's feasible that especially early on in camp, you know, the veterans sometimes get the nod earlier yes. on. Um, so we'll monitor that as well. Um, Darius Slay wearing number two. Steven Nelson wearing number three. Jimmy, the number I like three it. jersey. I actually like it in the way that like I like a Reuben sandwich. And let me explain <laughs> what I mean by that. Uh like the ingredients of a Reuben sandwich, I don't really like like individually. <laughs> you put them together and it's good. You put them together and it works. Okay. And I think that's kind of like the Steven Nelson, Darius Slade dynamic here where like, I don't like two and three on cornerbacks in a vacuum, but you you have them together on the same team and you're, you know, your one cornerback is two and your other cornerback is three. It's a cool look to it. Yeah. It looks, it looks good. It looks like it would be a lot worse if you like, you know, one of them was wearing two and the other one was wearing like, you know, I don't know. 26 or whatever like that's i don't know it would look weird to me so i think it looks good um not that it matters but it does matter uh butters just walked by the camera <laughs> so that's good why don't we take another break here jimmy his tail went um, by like uh like a shark in the water 
like like Ernie Sims. It really did. I wasn't even fully sure what it was at first, but I figured it out. He's so we're gonna take a quick break now. here. Come on, man. Butters. Hey. Butters is interrupting the podcast. <laughs> we're off the rails on he's, day one. He's hungry, I think. I don't know if he ate. Oh, here he comes. Well, here comes I'm throwing the a break in. real quick, and we'll come back for a quick final segment. So, Jimmy, tell me about Christine Rhodes from Rhodes Realtors. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, she's the greatest, 856-906-9295, 856-906-9295, 9295. 9295. All right, back here on VGN Radio. Final quick segment. Do you have anything left, Jimmy? <laughs> Do we have anything left in this yeah, segment? Yeah, I think Any so. Uh, final what thoughts. Else, what else did we want to get to? Uh, I think we should get to Zach Ertz real quick. Who, okay, yeah, um, duh. Didn't talk about that. He practiced. Oh, let me get Butters down off. He's wearing... He, or he's not, Come he's on, wearing. man. Jimmy he's is struggling with here. with Butters, who climbed on to his recording setup, and he had just had to remove it. Zach Ertz now, again, by the way, who has blonde hair, which is just like the most bizarre thing to me. <laughs> you know who like, he looks like to me? You know what? Uh, uh, the One of the bad guys in The Karate Kid, like the original <laughs> movie, the Dutch, the guy with like the super blonde hair. Okay. He, he looks like him to me with this blonde he, hair. It, it's definitely distinct. Like I was looking down at my phone to tweet out like Brandon Graham, who would come up to all the media members and say hi. You know, BLG saying hi to BLG, no big deal to me. And I looked up and I, I had to do a double take. I'm like, wait, who the heck is that? And sure enough, it was Zach Ertz, who again has blonde <laughs> hair now and is fully participating in drills. Like wasn't like you know staying off to the side, right? Kind of like you know not the same situation at all, but kind of like you know Deshaun Watson showed up to. Texans training camp, but he's like not doing anything. Like he's just there, and he's kind of off to the side. Like Zach Hertz is very much here and a full participant in practice, and it's just so wild to me, Jimmy. And I said this to you when we were out on the practice field. Like, I mean, if they if they don't want him to be here, it is insane that he is practicing and is like one rep away from tearing an ACL or whatever. And hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, and being the Eagles being on the hook for eight point five million. So it's crazy to me that he's here. And after practice, how he was asked about. Is Zach Ertz going to be on the roster this year? And he said, yes. Oh, he said, do you expect him to be on the roster this okay. year? And he said, yeah, I expect him to be on the roster. Um, yeah, they're they're trying to sell it, I think. Hmm. Um, and it's risky because if he, like Playing you said, fire. Like, if he has some significant injury, you are stuck with him for 8.5. You're already cap strapped, and now he's going to eat up 8.5 year cap that's just gone forever. So, and he's not worth 8.5 million. Like we've, I've, we've been through this plenty. Uh-huh. We'll have to go through that again, but he's just yep. not, he's just not worth that at his, at this point in his career. They're better off cutting him than keeping him. Like there's just really not a good argument to keep him at 8.5 million. So, uh, uh, playing with fire a little bit. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if they're able to trade him to, to somebody between now and, um, September 12th. I think it is. They, they play the Atlanta Falcons. Um, but they're clearly holding out to, you know, get something better than whatever they've been offered for him in trade bait. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a situation where that can go horribly wrong. And, I mean, even look at, like, what happened with him at the trade deadline last year. Like, they were potentially going to, to deal him at the deadline, but he got hurt, and he went on um, injured reserve, and then that was the end of all trade discussions. So, 
Um, there's that situation yep. to sort of keep an eye on the rest of camp. And then another thing I want to mention quickly, what, or I guess we already did cover this, um, Milton Williams playing defensive end. Did, did yes. we cover this? Did uh, we, get we talked that about it before the podcast, but I don't know if we talked about it on oh, the podcast. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Milton Williams was playing some defensive end today. I only noticed him playing defensive end when they went. By the way, uh, Jonathan Gadden really has wasted no time showing that, uh, you know, he's going to have a lot of different defensive looks. Like in the red zone today, they were lined up a number of different times in a 3-4 alignment. And uh, when they were in that 3-4 alignment, I had noticed that Milton Williams was playing defensive end. Uh, the Eagles, since they have drafted him, they have always listed him as a defensive tackle. Uh, mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox said after practice today that Williams is playing Brandon Graham's position, which mm-hmm. I think is an interesting development because, uh, and it makes sense because Williams did play defensive end and defensive tackle uh, at Louisiana Tech. Like I said, the Eagles have always listed him at defensive tackle since the draft, but I think that's a good role for him where he can play, you know, d- sort of defensive end on base downs. And uh, on obvious passing situations, he can shift inside and, and uh, rush the passer from the interior and use his quickness to, to beat, you know, slower guards and, ta- and centers uh, uh, on the inside. So I think that makes some sense. <clears throat> and then Brandon Graham uh, sort of confirmed that he's playing the same position. Although, as you noted before the podcast, you can sort of ask Brandon Graham anything and, <laughs> and he'll confirm yeah. it. So, like, I don't know how much that means, but it was interesting that, that Fletcher Cox said that uh, Milton Williams would be playing uh, defensive end. And uh, like, and we did see it a little bit today, although, in fairness, it was a 3-4. So uh, when you're the, the defensive end in the 3-4, it still is sort of like an interior uh, defensive uh, line position. So uh, I, anyway, I just thought that was uh, another interesting nugget to come out of today that was a little bit unexpected. So... Uh, I just wanted to note, I, I agree with you. That's another one of those file away things. The last thing I had on depth chart was uh, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, and Devontae Smith. And I believe in that order, we're back fielding punts. So something to okay. watch out for. Jalen Rager was also standing near that group. Obviously, he wasn't a full participant. So I imagine we'll see him in there. And, and I Ward really hope he's back the there returner. too. Greg, but like, please get Greg Ward off of punt return duty. And Boston Scott <laughs> off kick return duty. Like I was looking at their averages last year and career, yeah, and it's just like they're not good. They're bad. They were like they're literally among the the league's worst, like respectively, at their positions last year. Like they need more juice there. Like the Eagles drafted Rager. Like or after they drafted Rager, they talked about like his punt returnability being a big reason why they drafted him. Well, freaking use him on punt returns. Like come on, what are we doing here? And I don't really know about kick return. Maybe your boy Jason Huntley. Get him on there. That's right. Like, you he know, can do like, that. When the Eagles were really good on special teams, they used to kick pop-ups to, you know, purposely land at around, like, the anywhere between, like, the, you know, the goal line and the five-yard line. Like, if they didn't respect the other team's returner, they would try to hit pop-ups and make them return the ball instead of, like, mm-hmm. giving them the ball at the 25-yard line. Teams were doing that to the Eagles regularly last year because they didn't respect yeah. Boston Scott. And, like, <laughs> I always make the joke that, like, there was, there was like, an invis- like, an invisible, like, fishing line wire that was stretched across the field at the 20-yard line that Boston, that only Boston – that would only affect Boston Scott. He would trip over it uh, during every return. So, uh, yeah, they got to get something better out of him in 2021. And – you know, I'm with you on Rager. At least Rager can field punts. Like at least they mm-hmm. they can trust him to catch the punt. Which you mean, Greg um, Ward? It, uh, what did I say? Oh, Rager. Oh, okay, you said yeah, Rager. Greg Ward. 
uh, yeah, they can trust Greg Ward to at least catch the punt. And I think it's a little bit of an adventure when uh, Jalen Rager is back there, but obviously Rager has far more juice, you know, as we saw against in the yeah. Packers game, you know, he, he took one back to the house. So um, like there are a lot of areas that Jalen Rager has to improve as a receiver, but that's another area that I want to see him getting a ton of reps too, is actually fielding punts so that he can, you know, use his ability on special teams and actually be a threat there. And Rager has obviously more of a potential to be a long-term piece on this team. Like, what does Greg Ward, like, fair catching puns, what does that teach you about anything? Like, you know he can do that. Yeah, like, It might true. give you a better you chance to win yeah, I agree. Yeah. games this year, but you're not learning something about Jalen Rager long-term, and that's, like, pretty costly to me. It's right. just not worth it. Um, so and I'd give like him those reps. Give that. him as many reps as he can yeah. get. I, I, we need to see it. I, I, he has the ability. He, had it, he did it in college. He t- returned a punt to the house last year. Like, let's see it. Okay, so hopefully that happens. Last thing I had, Jimmy, I think I want to do this now. I came up with it on the spot here. Uh, every day. So we're the doing day? these daily pods. Well, no, similar along those lines. Let's do that too. Let's do play of the day. Okay, we can do that too. But this one is going to be like a running tally. And I want you to give me like one MVP from practice and okay. one LVP from practice. We'll do this every day and then tally it up at the end of camp. <sighs> All right. So uh, I have mine if you need some yeah, time. Yeah, you go. I need, I need, I need a minute. I'm going to start with my LVP, and I'm going to go with Gennard Avery just because I can. <laughs> <laughs> and he's running with the third team. Um, and then my MVP, uh, it's kind of tough because, like, I don't think anyone especially stood out today and had, like, a really good practice. Like, uh-huh. I was going back through my notes, and I, I couldn't really find one. Um, but I think I'm going to say Miles Sanders because I had him in my notes, and we both saw him working on his hands with Jamal Singleton. Uh-huh. He led the Eagles and all NFL running backs in drops last year. And I just like to see that. Now, I think that's a very kind of <laughs> it's a very low bar for it to clear. But again, I just I didn't really have anyone that stood out amazingly. I, I guess I could have maybe given it given it to Nick Sirianni. So I think the the and you can give it to coaches, by the way. This is anyone. You can give it up. You can give it to me if you wanted to. Um, it's just for fun. I'm going to give it to Miles Sanders today for my MVP and then Jannard Avery, my LVP. Who are yours? I'll, I'll give, write them down. I'm going to give my MVP to Darius Slay. Okay. Who I Much thought had good mind. coverage uh, against Devontae Smith. Like, I was sort of expecting to be wowed by Devontae Smith on the first practice, and I wasn't because Darius Slade did a really good job on him. And uh, as far as my LVP goes, I'm going to go with <laughs> poor Rashad Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Rashad Smith. Well, let's not talk about it. I won't frame it that way. Uh, in fact, let me segue this into my play of the day. My play of the okay. day was uh, Tyree Jackson caught a pass over the middle. Tyree Jackson, of course, being the quarterback turned uh, tight end. He's a quarterback for Buff, the University of Buffalo. Some people actually had him as like a f- potential first-round pick as a quarterback at a Buffalo. That was always ridiculous. But uh, he wasn't going to make it in the NFL as a quarterback. Transition to tight end a la uh, Logan Thomas of the Washington football team. And uh, he's a 6'7". 249 pound tight end. He's huge. Like he just looks huge on the field. Caught a pass over the middle. Wasn't even trying to truck Rashad Smith. He just started, he just turned and he just turned up field and started the run. Rashad Smith came up, made contact and Rashad Smith got absolutely decleated. Like Tyree Jackson just trucked him into oblivion. And the whole crowd was like, ooh. I mean, there were a lot of people there. There was like some fans there today, but they were all like, ooh. Somebody yelled like, somebody yelled something like, shake it off, 53. They don't even know who 53 is. Like, that's Rashad Smith's name. Shake it off, 53. And uh, 
<laughs> that was my play. That was like an eye-opening moment uh, Ty- uh, with Tyree Jackson and and just sort of the the raw size and athleticism that he has, and just being turning and running, just being sort of being a, like a bull in a china shop, just running this poor guy over and unwittingly, like didn't even mean to run him over, but like he got totally depleted. So that was my play of the day. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, I'm gonna go. I honor, honorable mention to Jordan Howard, who actually had a nice run. He made a really That's nice right. cut at he one did, point. That's right. He did, yes. Uh, and the coaching staff really liked that. So good on Jordan Howard, who I didn't really think had anything left in the tank. Maybe he does a little bit. We'll see. Um, but that's honorable mention for me. I'm going to give it to um, Devontae Smith because, of course, I am. <laughs> and that was a, I thought it was a nice catch in the back corner of the end zone on the play where Jalen Hurts rolled out and hit him. It wasn't anything like super special, but it was a shorter practice. So again, it's not the most, you're not uh, allowed to choose from today. Slim pickings. And he did keep his feet in like, and I thought he may not have, cause he was like running full speed as he was going towards the sideline, but there was actually a ref who was watching it right there and mm-hmm. she called him in. So I was like, okay, pretty impressive that he got that. And uh, he managed to stay in bounds. So I'm going to give it to Devontae Smith. Even though I don't think he had his best practice, I think he's going to have very good practices to come. I think today was the blip on the radar. I think you can kind of tell after he he spoke. Uh, he spoke after practice today. He wasn't, like, super happy with his performance. Yeah. And uh, that's who he is. He's going he's gonna to come back, and he's going to be better. All right. All righty. This has been BGN Radio, our first of – a marathon of training camp. They episodes. won't all be this long. They'll probably be no. more in like the half hour range. Yes. Uh, but there's a lot to discuss because of stay one and yep. we got to the injuries and the depth chart mm-hmm. and we didn't cover Steven Nelson since the last podcast. So we'll be able to keep them a little shorter so that, you know, you can kind of catch them on your ride to and from work or whatever you're doing. Yep. So we'll have those to you every day after practice. Of course, we'll probably be off on the off days, but the Eagles are back at practice on Thursday, July 29th, starting same time as today, 10 o'clock. So we will have our coverage for you after practice tomorrow. Obviously, don't miss the episode. And by doing that, or to make sure you don't miss it, you can subscribe to BGN Radio, rate, review, all that good stuff. Leave a question. We have to answer it. Uh, check out Righteous Song Craft Turkey at RighteousSong.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Same discount code at WildNaturePet.com. Check out Christian Roach, Roach Realtors. Um, Check out me on Twitter at Brandon Yountain, Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Follow BreedingGreenNation.com and PhillyVoice.com where our training co- camp notes are. Some of the things that maybe we didn't even talk about in this podcast, you will find written on there. And I think that's about it, Jimmy. Any final thoughts? You see butters in the background there? Butters is here. It's climbed out of view. <laughs> Can you pick him up? Yeah. Jimmy okay. is picking up his cat, Butters, who is a tabby. I like Butters. You know, he's making Butters do a little dance. So this is a lot of fun. <laughs> Butters hates it. It's like trying to be let go. All right. So. Thank you for narrating that. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. B G N. 